You are listening to the Remotepreneurs Podcast. Here, you'll learn how to adapt to a new future of doing business remotely by listening to interviews with the new breed of entrepreneurs called Remotepreneurs. Now, welcome your host, a remotepreneur that came from the factories to building multiple location independent incomes all remotely, Philip Ville Stankowski. This is your host, Philip Will. I'm still in the lockdown in Europe, in Macedonia. They still don't let me go from the borders, at least to go to Greece to, to see the sea. But I, I hope that will change in a couple weeks. On the other line, we have a fellow digital nomad. He's currently back in the home base of digital nomads, Chiang Mai, Thailand. Luckily, he, he, uh, he's in a place where people think that is unsafe due to COVID-19, but actually everything is working fine even better than in Europe he, they don't have any cases he's lucky he's there he's just focused on work he just came back from Krabi and the other islands south of uh, Thailand and today with him I want to discuss a little bit how to actually work with somebody you never met basically how to find and hire a remote team how to keep them motivated how to keep them engaged uh, because I think everybody knows that that's basically the new reality that is going to, to happen in the world. Everybody needs to learn uh, remote and you never know what will happen in the world and when the people will need to go to lockdown. So people need to develop the skills. And Tom uh, Liebel definitely is the guy that you should uh, listen to. He has a really interesting story. The background, I'm going to go through the background briefly and he can give a little bit more details initially. Uh, he was born in communist Poland. He had to live with his family when he was around 11 years old in USA. But in the meantime, he started actually uh, hustling when he was seven with his family and a really nice, interesting story that he can explain there based on what I read from his bio. Then he started, uh, he got involved in the music industry. He was a DJ, then he worked with some artists, then he started few internet companies uh, he has few successful now he also ran a podcast so definitely this guy worked with a lot of people that he actually never met and he managed to be successful in that part so definitely looking forward to learn from tom how he managed to work with people he never met and probably he will never meet at least doing zoom calls or something like that so tom thank you for being part of the podcast yeah yeah thank you for having me i hope i got the intro right yeah, it's it's a good intro. I you know I, I like hearing summary. about myself. Yeah, a brief yeah. summary. Yeah, tell me. Uh, I'm interested. I read in the bio that you come from communist Poland, and you and your family had to actually you know hustle to get money, etc. Probably it was really hard there, and I understand because I come from a communist Eastern Europe country back in the days. So definitely, I would like <laughs> to hear your story. You you initially started with uh, hustling when you were seven years old. What happened? Yeah, there? about about six, seven. So, like, what we used to do. Um, my dad used to go to Germany, um, and you know they had that wall, right? The German yeah. wall, so from the east to the west. Yeah. So the East German was actually worse than Poland, right? Like getting through that was like not yeah. fun. It was it was pretty bad. 
but what we did um, is he would take, you know, money and liquor to Germany, smuggle it in, and then take electronics and things, which were, you know, so expensive in Poland, like ridiculous. Like you would, you know, have to save up a year for it and, you know, smuggle it back into Poland. And then we would sell it at the soccer stadiums and places, right? Um, But my job... Um, cause well, the, the things were always hidden in the back seat, like behind the back seat and on the bottom of it. Right. So that was kind of like the spots where, you know, yeah. So my job was to, um, sleep on the back seat, especially okay. around customs and the immigration place and pretend I'm sleeping. And then when they will pull me out, I would scream and cry so that they get distracted, get me back in the seat so that, you know, they don't check the stuff as well. Right. Um, yeah, we never got caught. Um, I think I was a pretty good actor. Yeah, you but were a good yeah, actor. Was, <laughs> <laughs> was a good actor, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the hustle, man. Like, when I think back on, on how hard it was, you know, for, for people from those countries back then, just to do anything. You know, if you didn't get in the party and then, you know, um, pledge that you were a communist, which my parents did not, it was very difficult. You know, like that's what everything was set up for. Like if you're with the party, you get all the perks and, you know, like even when he wanted to be a taxi driver, um, without those connections, like it was impossible to get the papers and the, you know, like everything went like that. So it was was very hard. Um, And, you know, my parents ask me sometimes because, you know, they don't like the States that much, especially now, you know, with all this stuff happening. And they're like, are you happier that we left and we didn't just go to the union? Because we were about to go to Germany because we have a German background too from my um, dad's side. So like I could have got a German citizenship within like two, three months back then. But I tell them, you know, because I've been, I lived all over Europe too, you know, recently, like the last few years and then Asia. And I'm like, the best thing you could have done for me since I'm in business is to go to the US. Because yeah. running a business from America is just the easiest thing in the world. Like people don't understand, you know, us coming from those countries. Like it's the easiest thing. It takes you five minutes to set up an LLC. You can write off everything. Um, it's, it's a country made for business people in, in a lot of ways, like everything, you know. So I'm actually running like the dream that they were planning, you know, which is make American type of money and live wherever I want to. Because that's what every Polish person's dream was, you know, to go to America, make their income, and then live in Poland. It, it, you know, that was like you live like a king. You know, it yeah, doesn't yeah, happen same anymore. Here, same here. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen anymore because the currencies are not as spread out like before. Like, you know, like I remember when my grandpa used to come in the 80s, you know, he would bring $300, which was annual pay mm-hmm. of someone in Poland, right, back wow. then. And it was one month of pay in America. So this guy would come, you know, with like a measly 300 bucks and act like a king, you know. And I just, I was like, this is so messed up. It's so messed up, you know. Now, if you give someone 300 bucks in Poland, I'd be like, that's it. You know, that's all. (laughs) But, you know, at different times. But I still would not want to be running a business, you know, from like any European countries. Just the paperwork and the insanity. I just would not. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's been quite a journey. Interesting, and you learned a lot of lessons. I look forward to pick your brand and, and basically learn the the, the lessons. Be- before we hop in, just I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, basically, you and me are coming from the background of le- like socialist or communist background, and what I'm seeing on 
in USA, I'm not there physically, but what I'm seeing, observing objectively from the end, it seems like the, the socialism is, is going there or it's just like media screwing things up. Currently, what's happening there? Well, my parents, like, they, they say that they left the Russian system to get into the Russian system again. Wow. That bad? You know, like, like that's what they're, they're seeing. Yeah, it's... So... America is sort of like two countries pretending to be one. Okay. Right? It's like two different classes pretending to be on the same page. You have the business class and the wealthy people, and then you have the workers mm-hmm. and the unwealthy people. And they both live by different rules. Okay. So if you are on the broke side and the employee side, we call this capitalism, right? Where you fend for yourself and you work as hard as you can. And if you haven't, it's your fault. If you're on the richer and the business side, it's more socialism. The bigger the business, the more of a socialism that you have. You know, you will get bailed out. It's not your fault. Here's some help. You know, if it's something happened, oh, it's definitely not you. It must, you know what I mean? Like it's two different systems. yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very hard to just put like a, a net over America. Like, you know, back in Poland, it was just socialist. Like you yeah. just, that's it, right? But in America, it's two different systems in one. And what we're seeing now is they're clashing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, these people are saying this is the way we want to do. And this, this group is saying no. So a big part of the, the protesting now is, you know, people screaming, eat the rich. Okay. <laughs> Right. So oh. um, if you remember back after the meltdown in 2008, okay. um, we had, I don't remember what it was called, but we had all these people kind of camped out all over New York trying to, you know, um, break up the system. And it's happening again, except they're using the frustration, you know, with the Black Lives Matter and then yeah. um, COVID to kind of push that agenda again. But it never went away. Like, this is not like it just, you know, happened all of a sudden. It's been the same thing, boiling on that side of the country for so long, while the other side of the country is doing well, right? So, again, you know, two systems. Um, and it's, it's, it's tough, man. Like, I can't really, you know, pretend that it's not happening. I can't really root just for one side because I see both, right? When we came to the U.S., we were on the broke side. Things were so hard and we had nothing. The more I've been running the business and, and the wealthier I've become, it's become easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. seen like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why did I work so hard back then for so little and work so little now for much more? Like the two systems that just don't make sense. And it was very hard switching. And thankfully we can still, you know, move forward, which is not easy. It's so hard to kind of jump, you know, ship especially if you're a person of color or an immigrant, like Polish people have been shitted on in America for so long, so long, okay. such racism, man. Like when we came to, um, to New York, um, I've seen Polish people change their last names just so that they can get business contracts. You know, thankfully I have a German last name because I have that German background as well. But if I didn't, it would have been twice as hard for me to, to get anything done. 
because I was yeah. just, you know, oh, Polish, just get out of here. Right. So, you know, I get it. I get that discrimination side too. You know, thankfully I can fool the cops because I'm white, you know, they don't know I'm Polish or anything when they stop me. Um, but I, but I do see, you know, the, the injustice, like it's, it's really, you know, two, like I said, two countries in one and they're battling, right. It's, it's a very weird thing right now. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it had to happen at some point, you know, I, I mean, the problem is, you know, the leadership has no solutions and they're not looking for it. Like right now they're all screaming about getting elected again. I'm like, yeah, yeah that's cute. But I mean, you know, what are you going to do about these problems? Right. You kneeing on the ground and trying to become the new president is not going to solve anything for anyone, right? So I'm, I'm kind of watching it, uh, and I think it might become another missed opportunity, you know? Like, they might, you know, revamp some of the police departments, which should be revamped. I mean, they have immunity, right? So I don't know if you know the immunity clause that the police has in America, but you can basically hurt or kill someone and you will never go to jail because oh, yeah. you are, that's a part of it. Yeah. So there's this clause, right? Which, which that should be fixed, yeah. but they're all not really talking about that. They're saying we're going to dismantle the police department. And they've done this in a place, like one of the states that I've seen. And what they mean is they're going to dismantle the police department, set up a new police department with a different name. So now it's not a police department. It's got a, you know, it's like, it's bullshit. Like it's just, just complete nonsense just to make people see we don't have police. And I was like, yeah, who are these guys? <laughs> right? So, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's strange. But I think a lot of this happened um, due to people being just sick and tired and just upset about the COVID situation, right? Like, you know, if yeah. you make people stay at homes, you give them no help. A lot of the people that I'm talking about in that one side of America. So here, I'm, I'm going to give you an example of this, right? In the business side, you know, a lot of mess ups, you know, when they were trying to help people. But, you know, I've got my loans and my grants, whatever they were supposed to give me. I got that. There are states in, in America, a lot of states, over seven, where people haven't received a dollar of unemployment or help yet. So imagine this. You're stuck wow. without being able to work, can't leave for three, four months, and you haven't got a dollar. How do you expect these people to behave? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like so they are slaves by not yeah, their fault. But it's also, yeah, but it's also a big problem because, once again, uneven. Why did my business, and mine, I got a little bit. I didn't really need help. But a lot of these businesses got millions of dollars that even shouldn't have. I mean, the NBA league the LA Lakers got a couple million dollars. What in the world do they need that money for? They're not yeah. an essential business. They're not a small business. True. But they said that their management is less than 50 people. So they need these millions of dollars to keep going. You know, while you have all these workers that haven't received a dollar until now, because I've checked this the other day until now. I mean, it's, it's incredible, incredible. And then, you know, they wonder why are things happening the way they are? Well, yeah. I mean, seriously, like, yeah, I mean, that's always that. I didn't know that that's what's happening. I think a lot of people are currently in frustration that in some way it's justified and they're, they're just looking for a way to express their protests. I yeah, hope things and, and will problem, change. And the problem with these protests, and this is what happened in 2008, a lot of noise, a lot of screaming, a lot of, you know, rioting, but there is not a coherent message. You know, they're not united. 
right? They're just doing a lot of things as a lot of individuals in a group. But there's no message. There's no way to fix things. You know, dismantle the police department. Yeah, okay, they're going to set up something else. Like, there's no actual way to fix it. There, no one's, you know, um, in the leadership role. And the mm -hmm. people right now that, who are in the leadership roles, they're just saying whatever to, yeah, 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 we'll help to get elected again. So it's not actually, and no one's trying to fix it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. yeah. I think that so the people that are... It's a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I think that the people that are going to be reelected, I don't know which part, which side, I think they will just uh, make some kind of rules. So uh, riots like this and protests like this will be hard to, you know, achieve. Yeah, I, I but mean, they will not solve the that, problem. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I, I think that the protest thing is relevant. Um, I think it's just a missed opportunity. again. like, it's just not going to fix anything. And we're going to be back to where we started. Let's say in three years, it's going to be forgotten. And in seven, for sure. In seven years, people are going to be like, oh, I don't even know this happened anymore. A lot of the people, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my take on that. And it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, true, true. One thing that I hope that uh, is going to happen with the United States, it will s stay and it will be a better entrepreneurship place, at least to run a business. That's one of the main values. Yeah, I don't think that's going away. I mean, no? okay. the the socialist part would probably like it to go away. But, you know, <laughs> if you have no businesses, you don't have the jobs, you don't have the innovation. Um, and that's kind of what America is. So if it does change, then it's just not going to be America anymore. It's not, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's it won't even be close to it, I think. Uh, yeah, that would not be a direction I, I, I think we can move into anytime soon. Like we, we can try a little bit. Um, and I think they are making a few advances, right? Like they're thinking maybe jails should not be for profit, which I okay. mean, common yeah. sense, right? Like they shouldn't be individual companies that are trying to make profit by putting more people in jail. That's not really, you know, but that's the that's way how America it works is. now. Yeah, yeah, we have individual for-profit jails ran by regular companies. Oh, that's companies. bad. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> that's, that's a bad thing, right? So, yes, the, you know, California just said they banned um, a portion of them, and they're going to ban all of them in 2028. Yeah, that makes sense. We shouldn't have for-profit jails. That's crazy, you know. Our healthcare, you know, the way we do things, you know, maybe we don't want to go all the way socialist, but we should have a more common sense thing, you know, not like when my dad gets uh, a five minute uh, x-ray and gets charged $5,000. Like who, who is, you know, that machine is worth 2,500. Who's, you know, but that's, that's the way it's running now. Um, so a few things we, we should change, but I, you know, I don't think we should dismantle businesses or make it more socialist. I mean, Poland became socialist at one point. You couldn't buy anything in a store. Anything like I would be a kid, I would get allowance, go to a store, and be like, "Well, what do you got?" There's two stickers left. I'm like, seriously, <laughs> this is a this is a toy store. Where are all the toys? Well, we don't have any. Yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah. happens with socialists. So yeah, I'm, I'm not for that at all. Yeah, definitely. But we have some stupid stuff like yeah, for profit. You know, jails are the main thing. Uh, that immunity thing for the cops. Like, dude, if you're a cop and you kill someone, you should be treated like a cop that killed someone, not you know just you're immune because you're a cop and then healthcare. I mean, we pay the most out of any country in the world and get the least for it. Mm, not the smartest. Maybe we should kind of figure that out. Um, yeah, it can but be anything efficient. else. 
Yeah, more efficiency. But I think everything else, you know, we're still okay. The economy is still doing okay. It, it's not not as bad as, you know, the media is showing. The, the reported, okay, okay. Yeah. And they show it like it's a meltdown, it's total destruction. No, no? no it's not. It's not, not at all. It's, it's just an uprising, you know, an uprising. And they, they focus on the stuff that gets the most attention, right? You're not going to yeah. show the guys who are peacefully protesting in a lot of cities. You're going to show the ones who are breaking windows. I mean, of course. Burning it's, down, it's yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Just wanted to to hear that objectively from a person that doesn't have interest, you know. It's not a media. His thoughts. Yeah, I mean, and I'm actually, you know, living outside of it. So when I look at it, it's a little clearer than, you uh-huh. know, like I, I'll talk to my friends and I'll watch it. I'm like, hmm. It's, you know, it, it's definitely hyped up a lot more than what's happening. But, you know, don't get me wrong. People have been looting, you know. it's. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like, obvious. Yeah. Okay, 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 perfect. So let's switch now on the topic for the people that are basically lost their business. Let's say they had a brick and mortar or they're thinking to start an online business and everything has to be done remote. Maybe this will be basically the new reality. You have to learn and build the skills how to actually build a business remotely and online. So tell me, what's the best way to actually start working with somebody that you never met? From point of a client, Basically, you never shook hands, but you have some work to do with him. And the other one built a remote team. I mean, you know, the, the first thing you need to do is figure out what kind of business you want to run, right? Like, that's the main thing, because you can run all types of businesses. You can have um, an online information business. You can have a service business. You can have um, just a coaching business. You can have a product business. There, there are, like, a lot of different things that you can do, right? So if you're a... Um, a business owner, the first thing you got to figure out is what is it that you're going to do, right? And and for myself, um, I put a lot of constraints on my business initially, like forced constraints. Like I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, I will not meet people in person to sell them because that means I'm locked into an area. I will not have an employee that I need to see at the office. Again, locks me in and I'm just not interested. Um, actually gives employees too much power. Yeah, we yeah. will talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I will not do phone calls past this time. I will um, not take any business for less than this amount. Like, you know, like I put a lot of constraints on my Before on you my actually business start before, the business. Before I started. So you find yeah, the right because, model. Yeah, because if you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to start doing everything because that's what a lot of us do. I'm taking all the business and doing everything because I have to. And you wake up one day burnt out saying like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I didn't build the business, the business built itself and I'm stuck now. So you don't want that either. Uh, like with my employees, I, I fluctuated between having like three and 50 almost. I, it was been between those, those amounts, right? Like personally, if I could have zero employees, that would be optimal. It's not really doable. You know, it's not really doable. So I don't meet my employees unless, you know, it just happens that, you know, we're in the same city and I need someone to work. But overall, I'd rather not even meet them unless they're superstars, which that's also a different type of employee. Um, But those are difficult because, you know, what does a superstar need? A superstar needs 
a lot of attention initially. They need a lot of challenges and they will want to do their own thing, which means they'll leave in a couple of years unless you can keep them in, which will become a job in its own. So maybe that's not, you know, to get the super employees here. Let's talk about regular employees. Ones that can be easily replaceable. So I always like okay. to think about the McDonald's model, right? Like if you go to McDonald's, um, they have systems set up in such a way where they can take any idiot off the street, show them the system and have them do that task. And that's beautiful. That's the best thing you can hope for. As long as, you know, everything else is in place, right? Like they're, you know, fairly consistent and they, you know, have the right personality, things like that. So that's more of how I try to set it up. And it becomes easy, you know, with, with the employees, because then if like a graphic design guy leaves, um, we have all the processes, the templates, how we do things, bring a new one in. As long as you have some skills that I asked you for and the right mindset, you can jump into this job and get me what I need within a day, right? Yeah. So you don't own, hold my business hostage anymore, which happens with a lot of key employees, which, you know, I don't have any key employees. If any of them leaves, I'm like, okay, you know, because it becomes a problem. I've had them before. I've had one um, a couple of years ago. And once again, it was my fault. It's always, you know, your fault if something's not working. Um, I didn't think things through. I got lazy and I didn't separate the tasks. He was able to get control over too much stuff. And then when he left, I was like, oh man, this is going to cost us a week or two. You know, because oh. now we need to separate. We need to put the systems in place. So now with every person, I'm like, okay, what did you do? Let's get the system in. If you're a graphics guy, I want all the templates, the Photoshop files, the text, so I can just bring someone in and they can continue the work. You're not necessary, right? And, and that's the thing I mentioned before. Um, remote work takes the power away from the employees. Nice. Okay. You Tell know, me more there. Whether it's, whether it's good or bad, I don't know, but it's a fact. Because it's going to be very difficult for you dealing with remote employees if you need this constant custom, you know, thing happening, right? Like, you know, yeah, yeah like, you know, I got to teach you how to think and, and I got to teach you how to, um, how I would do it. Because that is kind of now putting you in that almost like training you to be a superstar thing, which once again, when you become a superstar, you start your own business and, you know, I got to keep, you know, all this nonsense. I don't want that. I don't. Okay. Okay. I, you know, Fair even enough. if I have someone that, you know, yeah. So I've, I've had this thought before and I, I, you know, a lot of people have an apprentice, right? Which is an amazing thing if you get the right person, but it's just like the superstar. If you get a great apprentice, you teach them everything over two years um, you're going to have about a year and a half of the most productive, amazing person. And then they're going to leave and you can start them. something on. Yeah. Well, and you know, do the, the process so, again. Yeah. So it's great, but it's kind of like you're relaunching every three, four years, you know? So for some people it's okay for me. I haven't really pulled a trigger on it because I'd rather have replaceable pieces in my business, you know? Um, if someone leaves, just bring another one that's somewhat talented, just like that person. And we keep going, you know, and then no, I don't no get pause stressed in business. out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't get stressed out. Right. So I've really modeled the McDonald's business, um, with, with, in that regard. Um, I've 
don't meet my employees. I have a manager. Um, she's been with me for a couple years now, maybe seven or eight. Okay. Um, and you know, you do want like a human resource person, you know, that can do a couple other tasks too. And I'll tell you why. Um, because that takes me away from hiring, firing, and supervising, right? So once this person knows like, okay, send them a task, get this done, get that done, this stuff, right? So are they performing? I don't know. It's her job to supervise them. If they're not performing, okay, she fires them, hires a new person. You see what I mean? Like it takes all of that annoying piece, that humanity piece out of it. So I don't have to deal with it as much. Basically, you delegate the responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, And she was kind of a lucky find. But, you know, as long as you, you know, we had 10 employees which were kind of crappy before her. And, you know, if you have enough, you always get that lucky one eventually. Could be the third one, fifth one, whatever. And she just stuck with. She's been with me for so long now. It's, you know, but um, other than her, everyone else has been replaceable, you know. And if she left, I would be able to once again, you know, find someone else that I can kind of connect with and be like, okay, well, this is what we're looking for. Um, This is kind of how our company is. Um, These are the people we're looking for. And, you know, if she did it for like, or the guy, you know, for a a few months, they'd be able to jump into it. So it's like the least systemized role. And that's the one that I'm kind of keeping, but she doesn't hold anyone's hostage. Like she has no key skills that I can't replace. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So nice even setup. even at that, yeah, even at that point, I don't. So we have no Zoom calls ever. Um, no meetings. <laughs> okay. No, no. Like we we might chat for a few minutes, um, once every few days. Usually, if something's wrong or if I need anything. Um, all the interviews and things she does with the employees, like I don't, you know, like with me, it's more of like a three-minute chat. Um, and, and the goal of the employee is more to not say anything stupid, you know, or they're hired pretty much. Um, and other than that, yeah, she deals with all the meetings, everything. Um, uh, my employees, I only talk with them when I want them to do something, which is like, okay, we got a new client. I need you to do this, this and that. And I'll tell her like, okay, are they working today? Have you been supervising everything? Okay. Yeah. Have you reached out to them? Good. And that's my whole weekly dealing with the, with the workers, um, with the clients. I mean, being remote with clients, like I used to think it was harder, you know, I think I made it harder like uh, many years ago where I was like, Oh man, I, you know, if I'm not meeting them in person, it's going to be difficult. Cause I used to sell in person a lot for about okay. 10 years. And then I realized, you know, if it's something less than 500 bucks, a sales page or an email is enough. If it's more, usually a phone call is all it takes. You know, if someone is paying you like, and I've sold 10, $20,000 deals over a phone call. um, They, they, they just want to know that you're exist. So they'll just jump on, have a few questions. And as long as everything's cool, like there's no problems at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, just my experience, my biggest deal that I closed was a $80,000 deal. Yeah. And it was for Hard Rock, the franchise, hotel franchise, Hard yeah. Rock. And uh, there were seven key decision makers there. 
all of them were basically conference calls and email and they are all from united states they never ask like where are you based i think that that's when i was in europe so nobody asked that question they send the money to the company the check everything the deal was done yeah i delivered yeah, that's what i mean yeah so maybe if it's Just a million a couple dollar calls, maybe yeah, yeah. You will have to go um, in person. Yeah, but but see, that's the thing, right? Once again, what kind of business do you want to be? Like, I don't take yeah. these big, big um, clients anymore. Like, I found my sweet spot at a couple thousand dollars where I don't have much expectations of me. Like, you know, I do my work, but yeah, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. like I know, you know, on a deal that's 80,000 because I've done one, you know, like that they want much more of your time than, you know, like I personally want to give. Right, but for the for the amounts I charge, just a couple thousand. Um, no, you know, like I don't even get on the call with them afterwards. I'll be like, we're gonna keep this email only. Um, if you have any questions, blah blah blah, you get one call per month, if it's necessary. Like I I get to dictate terms and those amounts. Um, so yeah, you definitely can easily deal with clients. Um over email and, and, you know, just do a quick sales on, on a phone call. Like it's, that's not a big problem at all. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 Nice. Nice. Uh, tell me, you mentioned that you have an operation guy. That's something that I'm struggling. I have an agency for lead generation, LinkedIn outreach called emailing B2B uh, lead generation. And mm -hmm. I'm looking to find a person or develop a role. I'm training one guy to actually handle the entire fulfillment process. So how, how did you manage to figure that out? Like, I don't want to deal with any fulfillment, like with operations part that I hate. I'm, I can sell a lot. That, that's my key skill here and actually want to develop the business, not help out or, or tell people how to fulfill. Yeah, so by the way, that's the worst part of any business, yeah. especially service business, the fulfillment, yeah. right? So with, with fulfillment, um, you can't hire someone just off the street, right? What I mean by that is you can bring someone fresh in, but they mm -hmm. need to have a little more skill sets than just off the street. You know what I mean? Like they, they need to be more, you know, you got to be more careful of um, whether they've had experience in that type of field. Okay. okay. But let's say they do. Let's say they do. You kind of know what they need. You bring them in. The first one's going to be the worst. Just so you know, the first one's okay. going to be the worst. <laughs> you bring them in and, and you, you only want to do this with a new person because the old one's going to push back. If you have someone currently, they're going to push back hard against what I'm going to tell you now. Okay. Um, you teach them <clears throat> that, okay, the way we fulfill um, is usually similar, right? Like, you, you know, if you have custom fulfillment, you are going to be screwed a lot. Like, you, you need to kind of productize it as much as possible. Okay. And each, each one can be fairly productized. There's going to be some variations, but you can still foresee them if you've worked with enough clients. And as you go through the operations, their job is twofold. One is to actually do the fulfillment, which initially you're going to teach them, right? Because, you know, the first guy has to, you know. But their second job is to take everything you're teaching them and write it down in a system and a process. Right. So eventually you have steps for every piece of the fulfillment. 
So, you know, the way we take the client is this, you know, the way we enroll someone in the LinkedIn thing is this, this is the way we set it up. So we get leads. This is the way we out, you know, just all the systems are in there. And then the second guy that's got some kind of skills and replacing this one at some point comes in, follow the system. If anything is not working well and you can make it more efficient, you do it, you change it in the system, you let me know. And your job now is to follow the system and improve the system and note it down. Like if, if you've done something and it's not put in paper, you haven't actually done it. That's not how it works, right? So you, this is like an expectation from the beginning because you are looking to create the, again, a sort of a manual that's sort of like McDonald's, but you just need a more skilled person. But again, don't start thinking on the job. It's not your role other than seeing how you can make these steps more efficient, you know? Um, because without that, it's more of like, again, you got to create a superstar. You have to create someone that's going to think like you and act like you and blah, blah, blah. So once again, what do we say? In three, four years, they're gone. Right? So you're going to take one year to teach, have two, three years of amazing help, and then you're back at square one. So like the middle ground is also starting with the processes and the systems. Like everything from the moment the client comes in to them leaving should be in a step sequence, you know, and then the person can just kind of follow. You know, if we're not getting leads, what do we do? We look at this, we split test the headline. We might, you know what I mean? Like you give yeah, them yeah, yeah. all of these steps so that they can just read, be like, okay, if this is the problem, this is what we're doing. If it's a new problem, they come to you, you teach them, they write it down. And then now the next person can use that, right? So it, it, the first one's gonna be annoying. It's gonna take you twice as much time to, to get them to do what they're supposed to. But with the next one, you'll be like, man, this is the best thing ever. Okay, okay. I'm in the first, first, first step, I guess. I'm doing yeah, that. So there's a book called Work the System. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the exact title of it. Um, I always like to, when I set up a role like this, have the person read this book. That's gonna be their first quick assignment. They can kind of yeah. skim through it. You have two, three days. I want you to go over this book. And then they're going to understand exactly what you're about to get them to do. Okay. Okay. Nice. Right? I'll but read first that. First, you should read it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it, it's just brilliant. And the guy explains too, you know, he had a, a business that was struggling. He was all over the place. He was the bottleneck, you know, in the fulfillment. This guy couldn't get this done. This one couldn't get that done. I had to come in, blah, blah, blah. And eventually he kind of figured it out with these systems and he explains the whole thinking process, you know, in much more depth than I am and how to do it. Um, but that's, that's your way out or yeah. getting into a better business model without fulfillment. <laughs> <laughs> Sell info products, 3k, get rich in, no, in six it, months. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not even that. It's just, you know, there are things you can do. Um, which just don't require it, right? Like, you know, some people have a really good uh, income already just from coaching a little bit, right? Like if you're in a certain industry, like you just coach and you don't actually do any of it. There's no fulfillment. You just get up, you know, once a week, do a, do a 30 minute call and you can get paid a couple thousand per month for each one. Right? Like there's just different business models, right? 
info products yeah they're great you know depending on the niche you know like like we deal with it like my business we market online courses so we do find a lot of nonsense that comes you know through but we we the ones we deal with um that are amazing and people make a lot of money are usually something like i need to get this job and i need to pass this exam and this online course teaches me how to pass this certain exam right so like for a series six or a series seven and in insurance or for um, the uh, CPA exam, like anything where someone is told by their employer that you need to pass this now to get the job. So you got the urgency, you got the value, everything. These type of online courses do best because you don't need to explain much. So this person knows what they're looking for. They need it now urgently and they know the value well the value is getting the job or not so you don't have to explain to them well if i teach you this it's going to be worth that much like they know they know right so i find these to be really really valuable um but once again depends on your niche you know like i I I see see people teaching nonsense all the time like make money online learn meditation it's like really really yeah no so yeah so So basically Yeah, basically the courses that work the best, they are a little bit technical with details. Let's say you want to be a freelancer on Upwork. This is how you set up the profile. This is how you apply. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. You will get these results, something like that. Yeah, with a freelancer, it's a little harder because there's no like this, no pressure. There's no like, if you don't do this, you will, you know, like, right? So with a freelancer, you're more thinking of like, I will help you land your first five clients within 30 days. And you have a system that if they apply, it should get them to do that, right? Because it's not difficult once you know how to get clients, you know, but you just teach them that system and you kind of show them, okay, if I teach you how to get five clients in the 30 days, and let's say um, you're going to value your client at three, 400 bucks, and you can then consistently do this for a year. That's quite valuable, isn't it? You know, you just put a little simple math. So with those, you kind of want to go in that direction. It's a much easier sale than just okay. being like, I'm going to help you be a freelancer because someone's like, okay, what is that worth? True, 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 true. Yeah. So yeah, like it, like it. Okay. So uh, for your, I assume your HR person that is handling your HR you had to to basically train her how the process works with hiring, firing, etc., until she got the responsibility on her own. Tell us some sort few of. golden nug- nuggets there, like how 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 sort they can of. pick the sort of okay. <laughs> I actually uh, threw her in the deep water a little bit, right? And I was like, okay, really? well, you know, we've yeah, we've been dealing with this person; they're not performing. Fire them, and then you know, she's like. <gasps> I was like, well, you know, if you have any questions, you let me know. And then she's like, she was thinking about it. She asked me like, okay, well, how should I approach it? I was like, well, you should tell them what they did wrong and why this is not, you know, and then we need to let them go. So that was like the first thing. Um, The second um, thing I've done is I had uh, the team create the rules of the company themselves without me at all. Right. So, They define the culture of the company, like what kind of company are we going to be based on how they were interacting um, and the type of things we will not tolerate. And the way I made them think of it is, okay, 
if you would like vacation time, you need someone else to do your work for you. Well, then how do we make this happen? And then they started brainstorming, you know, like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to teach this person this task and then I will show them. I was like, okay, fine. So is that reasonable to say that if someone does not do that and take vacation time, should be fired. they should be let go, right? And they're like, of course, boss. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you wrote this, not me. You wrote all this, not me, right? So we had that type of a conversation. They gave me the mission statements, the culture papers, the, um, the rules when people are get fired, how many vacation days they have. Um, they all came up with this. And I said, think of this as a company, because if we lose money, one of you is going to get let go or maybe more. So think of it, you know, how do we save money and keep doing this? So there hasn't been much pushback because I'm like, look, you came up with this. I just agree. You've done, yeah, you've done something that you said shouldn't be done and therefore you're fired. And then, you know, okay. the team's just like, yeah, that's true. Okay, so I like I, that. I, I, yeah, so I, I pushed all of that to them. Like I gave them the power to kind of build the kind of company they want, you know, while being reasonable, right? Like, you know, if a regular company gives you five days off a year, well, how much should our company give you? And when can you take it? Because you can't just leave and, you know, not do the work. So how? And I make them think, you know, I don't tell them. I'm like, well, so that's what I recommend for that. And with the firing, hiring, you know, initially she showed me some drafts of emails and things. I'm like, no, that's not the way we really do it. So I corrected it a couple of times. And then, you know, as she did it more and more and now she's like, yeah, I got this. Cause we have a process now, you know, first person needs to, um, first they need to fill out the application. We always put like a secret sentence in there to see if they're actually reading it or not. They need to answer that, you know? So it could be something like mention a silver unicorn. Yeah. 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 You know, just something small. We'll put something like that in. Then we have a personality test that we make them take. We do that. Then they have a trial task, which they, you know, give back to make sure they have the skill set. Then if they do get hired, you know, when they get through uh, all the interviews with her, they get interviewed by another employee that's in yeah. a similar role. And it's just to see if this employee wants to work with this person. Do you like this person or not? Because if you don't, I don't want them on the team. And at the end, they have like a two minute conversation with me, just not to say anything stupid. When they get fired, they have zero conversation with me. There's nothing to talk about. Okay. Um, they get put on probation for three months. And then we okay. talk about, you know, the type of role. So we, we have a system for the hiring. Um, nice. We hire slow and fire very quickly. Like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something I've done because I've done the wrong thing before. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. When yeah, you say, yeah. when you say you, you, you hire slow, what does that mean? Like how long does it take usually on average? Well, you know, you got to think of, of, you know, from putting the application in, um, going through the test, the task, the two interviews in mine. Okay. Maybe that's only a week or less, but. Okay there's three months of probation attached to it. You're not actually hired until you pass those. During probation, you can be let go at any moment for being not performing or acting yeah, out, yeah. whatever, right? So it takes about three months and a week 
for you to actually be hired with the company. Okay, okay. And I assume you, you pay them normally during the probation. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they get paid even for the yeah. trial task, like the task yeah, yeah. during the, yeah. yeah. Everything's paid for. So, you know, there's no hard feelings if we let them go. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, but you're not actually an employee. You don't have any of those rights that the other employees have and came up with until you're hired, you know? Yeah, so. okay, okay. Makes sense, makes sense, definitely. Okay, okay. And uh, how your, just curious, how your uh, HR person actually keeps them motivated? Do you do, you, do you do something there or it's like, what's the rule that they wrote there? <laughs> you know, that's, that's... Do they have some kind of it's, KPIs for their work? Like how does yeah, they? Yeah, well, I mean, of work? course, right? Like, you know, the work needs to be, you know, completed when assigned, and you know, blah blah. blah. Like, that's just the normal part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know a lot of um, people don't like to say this, but the 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 best way to motivate employees, the ones we're talking about, is with okay. money. You know. Okay. Um, anyone that's not a superstar is not really looking for equity or anything like that or should expect it, right? Now, what we do, um, you know, we give like random bonuses. You know, I'll be like, okay, you performed well this month. You'll get a small bonus or like you've done it faster than I asked for. You get a bonus, mm-hmm. but they don't know when it's happening, right? So okay. it's like, oh, it's very random. Okay. Um, if there's something wrong, then yeah, the human resource person, the first thing they, she needs to do is get on the call with them or chat and like figure out what's happening there. Is it, you know, something happened in their life that we need to be aware of, or are they just starting to slack off and we need to think about, okay, let's replace them soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So warning signs get addressed by her very quickly. And when it's a problem, she lets me know, like, you know, boss, I think we, I'm like, okay, just do your job, fire them. Let's rehire. It's fine. Nice. Um, but we, we don't have that much motivation problem. The thing is, if they define their own culture, right, and you give them a lot of freeway in a way, like, I'm, okay, if I give you a certain amount of tasks per day, like, I don't care when you do them. I just want them done. Like, you live your life. Like, you're not living to work. Like, you just get your work done well and have fun. Enjoy your life. Like, I don't care if you're here for two hours. And I think a lot of them get motivated by that. You know, after seeing it for like a few weeks, they'll be like, wow, well, I don't get micromanaged. I don't need to fake that I'm busy for six hours. And I'm like, I respect that. If you can get it done well in an hour and a half, good for you. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the day. Yeah. And, and that keeps a lot of the right people in place as well. Because, you know, they're getting paid, they can do what they want. um, And the lifestyle is amazing for a lot of them. Because we know that we only have like four hours of real, real productive time per day. We know this. Yeah, true. You know, you can't keep at a certain level between like four hours. And it's just like, I'm doing administrative crap. I can't, you know, it can't be. So I kind of use that, you know, like, look, put in your good three hours with me. You know, you, you take your one hour to do whatever you want to do. And then the rest of it's going to be nonsense anyway. So that's not even mess around and act like we're doing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, based on what you told me, it seems that you pay some kind of monthly salary, right? Yeah, yeah. They, and they don't need even to tra- And they don't even need to track the, the, the time. Nope. 
Okay. No. Nice, nice, nice. No, it's okay. all about the output. Like sometimes we might have a chat about that. I'm like, look, you know, I understand it's a pretty easy company to work for, but the reason it is that way is because, you know, the output comes in, clients are happy, everyone's making money. The second that part is not there, then we all have a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not paying for excuses. I'm not paying for anything like that. Like I pay for a certain output, you know, if the client's not happy and I got to answer for it, you better believe you're going to be answering for it. You know what I mean? So like okay. I explain it in that way and it usually, it usually fixes the situation. If it doesn't, then I'm like, well, you know what? Go to a different company. Maybe you can be a telemarketer. It'll be so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, you can do cold calls. <laughs> it's it's yeah. really it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So basically, basically, just give uh, responsibility on every level. It's like they are partners. Like, dude, we do this and this. The clients pay us. If we get if the company has money, I can give you the money. Do your job. That's it. Do your job correctly. These are the I don't know five tasks that you need to do. I don't care. Do it in five seconds if you if you can. But it should be done good. So the client is happy. If the client is happy, everybody's happy. Yeah, that's that's all that matters, right? Like if you do yeah. it in five seconds and it's crappy and the client complains, we got a problem. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right, so I don't care what you're doing, but the client better like it and they okay. better be working for them, right? So I kind of take myself out again. I'm like, look, I'm just kind of in between, right? I made the sale, I'm talking with the client and I'm telling you what to do. But at the end, if they are happy, we're good. If they're not, there's a big problem, right? And then, yeah, so they can't say like, but boss, but you, uh, it wasn't me. Here's what the client said. I'll just forward it and be like, you know, fix this now. Okay. Right. But, you know, if there's like three or four fixes now, then it means you probably should look for another job. So they know, they know the expectations very quickly. And they know as long as they put in their work and everyone's happy, we don't talk for a month. Wow. They'll get an email and they'll just send me an email saying this is done and I'll forward it to the client. That's it. Like, I don't need to talk to you about anything. We're good. Enjoy your life. And I think that's what makes a lot of them stay, you know, and, and, and be pretty happy. You know, some will try to abuse the system a little bit, but then very quickly they find out that they're, oh, I don't need to come back to work anymore. No, you don't. You're good. Enjoy your life. You know, it just it happens very fast with us. So, yeah, yeah, okay, I see, I see. Basically, this is uh, definitely all based on responsibility. Like, it you is. Have it to is. Paint the because picture. You, you you already know it. Yeah, because you gotta you know understand that if you're not in an office with the people, right, and the remote responsibility is all we have. Yeah, true. You know, I'm not walking through the office or having paying someone because usually they pay someone to walk the office and make sure everyone's working or acting like they're working or not. You can't be one of those annoying employees that has people like, you know, one of those like time tracking software things, right? Like where they could take snapshots every 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, is that the kind of business you want to run? Like you always got to think about back to square one like what kind of business do i want to run do i need to make you know my employees feel like they're in a jail or can i get people who actually want to get the job and get on with their life like i'd rather get the ones who 
you know, just want to get the job done. Enjoy life. They're happy with it and just go enjoy life. You know, we have your family, just spend more time with them. Like, you know, well, why are you going to sit here and like have your stuff time stamped for eight hours? I don't know. That's not me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I'm, I, I, I might implement that. So uh, how do you measure what money you need to give? Are, are you like, a, I don't know, separate the tasks and for example the clients pay one thousand dollars you want to have 50 percent out of that so the five hundred dollars it's like expense and you just count the, the numbers like this guy does this he will be paid 100 these guys will do this i will need x amount of clients pretty everything much. to work smoothly something like that right pretty much pretty much yeah you just you, you always walk work backwards right like you take the profit first okay because if you don't take the profit why are you running the company, right? That's always the question, you know, like that's the whole yeah. point of the whole game. So let's say I take 60%, you know, or more. Mm-hmm. I like healthy margins. And then everything else gets split up. Okay, okay, okay. Makes and sense. then we will, we will keep maybe 10% um, for bonuses or for things which like, for example, like uh, my employees' kids just had a birthday take him out to a nice restaurant, buy him whatever, send us an invoice. Okay. Okay. Right. Makes so sense. for little things like that, just, just still, but, but it, it matters, right? It matters. Like yeah. they, they like if you're, you know, like uh, the kids' birthdays or whatever, like things like that, just, just go have fun. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I see. I see. Uh, to tell me, what does your business actually do? How can you help maybe some of the, the listeners? Might use your well, at services. the moment, um, we are marketing online courses, right? So we've been fully booked for, I don't know how many months now, but all we do is we take courses that make sense yeah. and are somewhat selling, and then we just make them scale, right? So for example, it could be someone that's been doing launches, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, like every three months they do a launch. And I'm like, are you enjoying this? 99% of the time it's no. So we say, okay, well, how can we make this into like an evergreen system and make it so you sell, you know, 10, 15, 20 per month or someone that's exhausted um, one channel, which could be YouTube, for example. And then we're like, okay, well, what if we do, you know, X, Y, and Z and we double your sales and then we'll use test other channels and blah, blah, blah. So we'll do something like that. Um, Recently, we had people who were uh, doing a, a speech at a conference. They were one, they tried to validating their course, right? So they just said, can you make a sales page for us? We did. And they sold out the bootcamp and they were just like, this is the easiest ever. I was like, yeah, I know. Cause we did it. Like we, we knew. Yeah. So different, you know, scenarios happen, um, but they need to fit in kind of what we do. Right. So validation, we only take certain type of courses. Um, if you've exhausted a channel, those are usually a very good fit. Um, if you do launches and want evergreen, depending on quite a few factors too, because some are better suited for evergreen than not, you know, so mm-hmm. we, we do have our own system. And if you don't kind of fit into it, I'm not interested in doing a custom job for you. So unless it kind of fits in, okay. I just, you know, I will say no. Um, but you know, it's once again, what kind of business you want to run? Like I love working with the clients I have, the ones I say yes to, you know, and everyone else I just say no to because I know it's going to become annoying for me and I just don't want to do it. I had a call like that this morning. Um, 
the lady wanted to do Facebook ads. I looked at her funnel. It didn't make sense to me. I was like, you know what, until you fix this, I'm not touching anything. Um, so I gave her some advice because I said, if I fix this, these parts are going to still be broken, which means we still have big problems. I don't want to do these right now. So it's a no. But I told her, you know, how to get it to where we will start working on it. Um, but that happens a lot. Yeah, like a lot of our calls end with no. I don't want to work on this because of these type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. But again, fully booked, so it's working. Cool. I mean, that there is a millions of people that might need the service, so why just you know chase the clients? Uh, hundred thirty thousand. About hundred thirty thousand in my market. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. That's a big market. So. Yeah, it's it's small in some ways, but it's really big in some, right? So it's a, we've yeah. calculated it's 130,000 people. Out of those, about 25,000 people could use our service now. And we only take six to seven clients per month. So uh, yeah. we, Good. we, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we're fine. You can fire 90 of them, 10 if you keep, if yeah. you have, let's say, 100 sales conversation a month. It's like, yeah, it's good. Actually, my... My sales page is role um, is to get as many people to go away before they even book the call, right? So like, you know how most, most people make a sales page to get as many people in. Ours is the opposite. Like we want to, we actually thought about writing a post, um, 10 reasons why you shouldn't work with us. And nice. you know, we just haven't had time to finish that up. But yeah, like. <laughs> nice, nice. Like, yeah. Like, Everything's in that direction because we want the perfect clients. And if I get on a phone call with someone that's obviously not a good fit, I just wasted my time. They wasted, wasted their time. Their, yeah. Not, yeah, it's not, it's not a good thing. So um, always remember, you know, like if you, you know, have an opportunity now to like kind of restart, you know, because of COVID or anything else, you need to really figure out the basics, what kind of business you want to run. Because I'm telling you, if not, the business will grow and make it into something which you will not be happy with. You will hate it. Well, that could happen too, but usually you just will not be pleased. You'll be like, I did not sign up for this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like the idea, like the idea. Uh, where can people actually find you in case they want to check out the services? Or Yeah, so, you know, if, if you do have a course that's selling and, you know, you think it might be a fit, um, we market onlinecourses.com. You know, very simple. Um, and the podcast and other info is on smart brand marketing. So those are the two places where you can always find us. And, and yeah, yeah. Best of luck. You know, like I, I think, you know, like being in a place where you get to restart, it's the most exciting because, you know, you can, you can make whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I restarted with the lockdown, by the way, with the agency. It's going good. Just yeah. trying to figure out the operations. So I, I don't want to take a lot of clients. <laughs> I can sell. That's my skill set, but it's like how I can read this fulfillment out of my plate. That that's something that I'm figuring out as I go. Could be could be the service model too. Could be um, uh, productizing stuff much more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or going the route where you don't have to do fulfillment. Like you know, some of that could just simply be a, a service, like the business model. Like you might have to tweak a couple things, mm-hmm. so that you know there are at no custom pieces at all. And then you can just throw it in, you know, like one by one. And, and my friends, some of them are running businesses like this, so it's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, or like with us, um, we went from custom 
to now having like certain types of businesses, which we kind of repeat the process over and over. Um, and we always start with telling people, well, how much of this can your team handle? Because, you know, it's going to be better for me. I don't need to do it with my team and to better for the price. Right. So then it becomes a lot of the time, just like a coaching thing Okay. where I, we go in, I'll have my coder do a couple things. We'll look over the copy, blah, 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 but it doesn't take much time and you know, good money. Right. So you, you yeah. kind of might have to tweak the business model a little bit if it's uh, too annoying on the fulfillment side. Yeah. I'm figuring it out. It's like I'm doing semi-automatics. It's just uh, looking for ways that I can in some way guarantee results. I will know that this way of doing business will bring results to them. So yeah. after that, yeah. I can yeah. just make it detailed. Like these are the templates. This is how it's done, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Something like that. Yeah, it's it's a process, but it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, definitely. Tell me before we go. What uh, books would you advise for, you know, building a processes? You already mentioned one of them. Do you have any other books or some guide that we can follow to learn this? Mm, like work the system is probably the best one. Um, okay. And that, and the E-Myth yeah, um, is also another good book just because a lot of people don't build with an intention to sell. Yeah. And then they just become a, kind of like a contractor in a way. You know, so the yeah. second they stop working, the no business is not worth anything, right? So, uh, you know, I would keep things simple. Like, don't read many books. Like, it's really most it's like rehash stuff and you're just keeping yourself from doing actual work and thinking. Um, just, just simple, you know, foundational um, models like that, you know, create systems, think about the exit, things like that, and you should be fine. Okay, okay. Simple works. I like simple. Definitely. Simple works. Like I went through a year or two of just reading everything that got put out. And in the end, I'm like, you know what? Like it was just a waste of time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. It's good, you know, to keep you motivated to think a little bit, but it's not like yeah, definitely it's going it's to build good, the business. It's good for that. It's good yeah. for that. But I'll tell you what, man, like sometimes if you really want to get better insights, look outside your industry. Right. So for me, I'll just give you an example, right? Um, and I'll recommend this book because I read it and it was actually very, got two books um, for motivation. Um, and they all came from the sports section, right? Okay. One was 11 Rings uh, by Phil Jackson, right? And this is a coach that took these crazy unmotivated and massive teams and make them into champions. And a lot of good thinking behind that that I read. And then Relentless by a, the coach of Michael Jordan and some other guys, how he was able to get these people to perform at levels that are insane. But I like to look more outside of this field mm -hmm. and bring that stuff into the business. You know what I mean? Like okay. it's, it's okay. things where, yeah. So I, I recommend kind of looking outside sometimes. You'll get better insights than reading the same crap and listening to the same podcast that every other person is listening to in the business world. Makes sense. Makes sense. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, where can people actually follow you if you have some kind of content that um, if you're on social? Put out, I don't put out too much, but um, on, on LinkedIn, you can find me. Um, on Twitter, I uh, usually just... Um, start a lot of shit. Like I'll put out ideas, which, you know, you can't really put out anywhere else. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I'll put them out because it's Twitter. <laughs> so why not? Um, 
but smart brand marketing usually if i put out content it's going to make its way on there you know like okay. like uh, marketing stuff yeah i'm not very active on, no. on this stuff like you don't need to be very active to make money online i know it's counterintuitive but you actually don't okay okay makes sense okay perfect well tom uh thank you for being part of the podcast and share value how to simplify basically your business don't don't complicate it. Thanks for the referrals for books. Definitely, uh, I'm going to use what I learned here and implement it in the business. For the HR part specifically, I didn't thought about doing that or building the culture by themselves. I thought I have to, you know, create everything, tell them the rules. But this is no really good concept. Your yours is really good concept. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And uh, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening and go to remotepreneurs.com. Just drop your email. I'm going to include the show notes with basically breaking down what we were discussed so you can quickly, you know, scroll through it and immediately implement it in your business or whatever you're pursuing. And you can check out, uh, I'm mostly active on Instagram. It's at remotepreneurs handle. Okay. Once again, uh, Tom, thank you for being part of the podcast and hopefully I will meet you in Chiang Mai when they leave all these restrictions. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're in, just let me know. Yeah, yeah and then sure, yeah, sure. everybody, thanks for listening and uh, yeah, enjoy. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye, guys. Yep, take care. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to hear new episodes. And if you feel that this episode provided you with value, we invite you to share this podcast with a friend that is trying to escape the matrix and create his or her own remote economy. Visit remotepreneurs.com and join the email list to receive this episode's show notes and a welcoming gift. <laughs>